Mesopotamia covered the area across the Tigris and Euphrates rivers in what is today Iraq and Syria. The floodplain of the two rivers in southern Iraq is the traditional location of the biblical Garden of Eden and has long been known as the cradle of civilization and more recently has been called the heartland of cities. Pasture and irrigated fields were the floodplain's only real resources. Hardwoods, stone, metals, and so forth all had to be imported. Yet from this unpromising landscape rose the foundation of Western civilization, including the world's first cities and earliest known writing system. In 1922, Dr. Gordon, director of the University of Pennsylvania Museum at the time, together with the director of the British Museum, initiated a joint archaeological expedition to the site of ancient Ur. They asked the young archaeologist Charles Leonard Woolley to direct the excavations. Those two decisions were to have amazing consequences. Perhaps no excavation in the world, except for Howard Carter's discovery of Tutankhamun's tomb, has excited as much public interest as Woolley's work in ancient Ur. From 1922 to 1934, newspapers around the world printed countless articles. As a result of this publicity, Iraqis and tourists from all parts of the globe, including European royalty and statesmen, flocked to the remote site in the Iraqi desert. And of all of Woolley's discoveries, the 4,500-year-old tombs of the Royal Cemetery of War, with their rich contents of gold, and evidence of human sacrifice received more intense coverage than any other. Of the hundreds of burials that Woolley uncovered, 16 contained an extraordinary wealth of artifacts. Woolley called them royal tombs because he assumed that they contained Orr's deceased kings, and artifacts inscribed with the names of Orr ancient kings and queens seemingly confirmed his assumption. All but one or two of the royal tombs had been robbed in antiquity. The ram caught in a thicket statue is made of gold, silver, copper, lapis lazuli, red limestone, and bitumen. Red, white, and blue is the most common color scheme of objects from the cemetery. The ram itself was probably the base of a small table. No tabletop was found with the ram, probably because it was made of wood, but an engraved picture on a cylinder seal from Mesopotamia shows just such a table. The ram came from a tomb known as the Great Death Pit because it held the largest number of individuals of any of the death pits found in the royal cemetery. Unfortunately, the tomb chamber of the king or queen buried here was never found. But a huge ceremony must have taken place in this pit because 73 human skeletons were found inside. The floor of the pit was covered with bodies. Half leaning against the southwest wall of the pit was a row of women. The tomb pit of a woman whose headdress you see here was identified by Woolley as Queen Puabi from the inscriptions found on amulets and cylinder seals found with her. The body itself was of a woman just under five feet tall and roughly 40 at the time of her death. The body was adorned with this remarkable headdress. Several layers of gold ribbons, leaves, and wreaths of gold, lapis lazuli, and carnelian are topped by a highly decorative comb. It is possible that she wore a turban and an elaborate wig underneath this splendid object. 
The whole of Buabi's upper body was covered with beads of gold, silver, lapis lazuli, dark blue, carnelian in orange, and agate, which Woolly thought to be the remains of a beaded cloak. A broad belt of gold, carnelian, and lapis beads with suspended gold rings lay across the waist. Against the upper right arm were three large pins, which probably secured a garment. None of the semi-precious stones occurred naturally in Mesopotamia, so they would have been brought here from as far away as Afghanistan. Scattered around were amulets and three cylinder seals, one of which identified the body as Puabi the Queen. On the fingers of the skeleton were ten gold rings. This lyre was one of the largest found in the cemetery. The majority of the instrument has been restored to match the representation of a lyre on the inlaid panel on the front. That panel and the bull's head were the only intact pieces remaining of the instrument, as the wood had long ago rotted away. Even though many objects of gold were buried in the royal tombs, gold was a rare and expensive material, and as little of it was used as possible. The shape was first made of wood, and then gold was pounded into a very thin sheet and attached to the wood with bitumen or pitch. The bull's beard is made of lapis lazuli that was set into a silver backing. The whites of the bull's eyes are made of shell and the iris of lapis lazuli. All these materials were glued together with pitch. On the front of the sound box, beneath the bull's head, is a panel made of inlaid pieces of white shell on a background of black bitumen. These charming, almost cartoon-like portrayals seem to show different elements of the rituals that take place when people die but each of the four panels either depicts animals doing things that humans normally do or fantastic animals with human heads. Many exquisite gold and silver containers were found in the more richly equipped tombs. In countries where the glare of the sun is intense, like Egypt and Mesopotamia, eye makeup was frequently used to help protect the eyes, just as football players use it today. Of course, just like today, it was also used as a cosmetic to beautify the user and possibly even to help keep flies from settling around the eye area. Frequently, cockle shells from the Persian Gulf were used to hold eye makeup, which was used by both men and women, and those shells have been found still holding the remains of the colored powders used. Scientific analysis has shown that various minerals were used to make the colors of green, blue, yellow, red, purple, white, black, and brown. The containers in this case were crafted in gold to look like a glamorous version of the ordinary shells the poorer people would have used.